list shapes up like this. Mike Palm's going to join us today. Normally he's a Friday visitor, but uh, he'll join us in about 15 minutes. We'll head to Las Vegas, catch up with the Vice President of Operations at Circus Sports. Mike Palm coming up. We'll go behind the counter with Mike here in about 15 minutes. And then from Vegas, we'll head north to the Twin Cities where Dane Mazzatani will be waiting for us. He writes for the uh, St. Paul Pioneer Press where he covers the Vikings on the Twins beat. Uh, we'll get the latest on Twin City. And he's a Go for grad, is he not? Yes. Uh, do they play tonight or tomorrow? Uh, they are tonight. I think they are tonight. I think I've got them on my list of games, maybe. Anyways. They're on my plays of the are day. Are they? Yes. Uh, so we will talk to Dane Mazzatani about 11.35. Are we moving uh, Are we moving chicken coop to Friday? Back um, to Friday? We can this week. Okay. All right, let's plan on doing that. We'll do the chicken coop tomorrow. Uh, in hour number two, we'll talk to the uh, clones. Well, we won't, we'll talk to the clones, but in a roundabout way. Uh, Matt Poston joins us from Heartland College Sports. We'll take a look at the Big 12 basketball-wise with Postons as we come down the stretch in the, uh, I think, the most difficult. There are people that would disagree. And that's uh, certainly fine, and I'm willing to listen to the debate. But for me, uh, the Big 12 is the most complete conference. We'll talk to Matt Postens coming up from Heartland College Sports at 12.05, and then David Eicholt on Iowa. The women are back on the floor tonight. They're on the road. Uh, Columbus, correct? The 7 o'clock or 6 o'clock tip? Bloomington. Bloomington, and it's 8? 7 o'clock. <laughs> 8 o'clock Eastern. 8 o'clock Eastern. On the Peacock. On the Peacock. Ah, uh, good stuff. Well, we know where that is anyway, yes. so, so we'll see. We can get that. We absolutely can. Uh, so, uh, Drake, uh, business as usual for the Bulldogs last night as they hold serve uh, in the Valley. By the way, um, a lot of people apparently, I've seen a lot on Twitter, uh, Drake last night had the $6 ticket yeah. promotion. Very difficult to find, apparently, and you just couldn't show up at the NAP and, and buy your tickets there. Uh-huh. And there was a separate link, uh, but that link is also good for the women's game tonight. But, again... Um, they're making you work for it. Okay, so you got to click on the right link. And, and in, in order to do so, we at KXNO have made it easy. Go to the KXNO. It's, no, it's, it's Twitter. It's Twitter. K- K- KXNO it will Twitter always account. Be Twitter to me. And I hit absolutely. And Justin Miller has pinned it at the top there. So if you want to go watch the Drake women tonight and don't want the, um, you know, the. It's a pain in the neck having to click around, and I, I just um, I just wonder how many people got frustrated and said, "Hell, I'll find something else to do." Uh, but last night, thirty six hundred people at the Nap Center they saw those Bulldogs win their twentieth consecutive home game as they hold serve. You and I falls last night. What does this do to the Panthers' chances as far as securing? Uh, the first day by looks as though some work, obviously work to be done, mm-hmm. and they'll host Drake this weekend, which promises to be a pretty fun game tomorrow or Saturday rather at the McLeod. Looking at the uh, projections from NRED, right that we like to use and see what it does here in the MVC. Panthers are in trouble. Yeah, I think yeah, they are. they're they're gonna to be in that top four. The path is well, they have to beat Drake. Mm-hmm. Probably have to win out now. Mm. That was one they definitely needed. Uh, calculating it just with all the projected winners winning going forward, you and I will be the number six seed. They will take on UIC in the night game on Thursday night. Then we get Bradley in the night game on Friday night as the number three seed, and then possibly Drake in the semifinals. Wouldn't that be cool, though? It would be. I hope they can get that. No, far. we've we've had games. Yep. Back in the day, we saw a few in the old Drake Invitational. Yeah, Thursday eight nine game or a seven ten game. Boy, that that was like clockwork, it right? Was, year yep. after year after year. I remember I did the math at some point, probably oh boy, 
I don't remember how long ago, but I did the math and it was like 15 out of 17 years, something like that. Is that That right? kind of stretch that they played Holy in that opening crap. round. Yeah. Oof. Just in front of family and friends. Yeah. It literally was. In a great big 17,000, whatever, 18,000 seat arena, uh, there would be family and friends there on Thursday night. You look at the ascension of Drake and what DeVries has done and, and keep building this thing up. And uh-huh. Nico got it going for the year. And, yep. and this program's been building. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you and I has taken a step back. Mm-hmm. Is it fair to say that it's incredibly difficult for both you and I and Drake to be really good at the same time? We've seen a couple of years that it's happened. Yeah, but and, and Drake passed the torch to you and I, who had that two-year run after mm-hmm. them with Farouk Manesh and, and, and that group, Heligba. Uh, they had some guards. We have to have them, and they, and they certainly did. They, their hell roster was good. Mm-hmm. Um, an interesting question. Um, my guess is yes, yeah. probably. I mean, that... That guy that you find out of you know some small school that becomes uh-huh. your post player, you know, well, right? Minnesota usually when it yep, comes yep. to you and I, yeah. And you're kind of searching around. You go down to Missouri, some Illinois for some recruits, and there's only a certain number of those guys that fit in the MVC. They're going to mm-hmm. fit, and it actually hit mm-hmm. because there's been plenty of flameouts. You know, guys that oh maybe and it doesn't work. Yeah, and because you're recruiting the same type of guy in the same area, there just aren't enough for right. both you and I and Drake to be excellent at the same time. They can be good. But not great. I, I agree. Uh, Drake's got an. Um, I, I hate to fast forward, and and uh, but we're about to, <laughs> because Kevin Overton is really good. Uh, how Porter Moore let this kid out of the state of Oklahoma mm. is beyond me. Yeah, I don't know what the NIL situation is over at Drake. I know they have one. Mm-hmm. They've got their own beer. I hope that that's putting some money in the coffers. But they're going to need a lot of it to keep Overton. I, of the um, in-state kids, one at every school, most likely to have a decision to make, not whether they go pro or not, but to come back to their school that they now attend. Mm-hmm. I would think Owen Freeman's going to get a lot of phone calls. Oh, yes. I'm sure they've already started. I would think Monchilovich is going to get a whole bunch of phone calls. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Overton's in that same bracket, I think. I really do. Kevin yeah. Overton's going to have opportunities. Uh, I mean, tr- true freshman, and he's been unbelievable. Well, how about this? Drake has another year they make the NCAA tournament. We've seen DeVries. There's been offers. He's had opportunities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's waiting for the right opportunity. I, I think he's waiting for the one over in Iowa City. And Fran said that one's not coming open. That's what he said early in the week, yeah. Said that on Monday. Yeah. So, is this the time? Now, you don't take the DePaul job. Don't do that. No. Darren, if you're listening right now, don't right. do it. Right. Yes, it's a little more money, but it is. No, it's been, it's been a long time yeah. since that job had... Um, a modicum of success. Going back to when the Myers had it right. Yeah, that was unbelievable. 60s, 70s, uh-huh. 80s, it was really good. Yeah. The only other time that they've had even a modicum of success is when Pat Kennedy went there and was cheating his ass off. I mean, that's the only time that they've been able to do it. Uh-huh. Now, you can do that today, but the likelihood that is an arena that's 45 minutes away from campus that nobody wants to is go to. Is it that far? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize it's, that. It's a haul to Holy get over there. Yeah, it's... It's just one of those places that is so difficult, and you are such a small, small mm-hmm. piece of, of the landscape of just athletics mm-hmm. there. We talked to Capiola, people don't care about college no, sports. No, they don't. I mean, Illinois could have an incredible year. Yep. And barely. Boy, they had an incredible loss last night. Yeah, they did. Jesus. Barely makes a dent in what they talk uh-huh. about. You know, the year that they're ranked number one, went to the Final Four, 
Cappy's told us. And Cappy's a basketball right, guy. Right. He would He's love a former to. former coach. But people don't care. They yeah. would rather talk about... Got to play the hits on your radio yep. show. And Cappy does. The Cl- Blackhawks, they don't yeah. care. That's what they want to talk about. And Bears the all the bears time. Bears all the time. And uh, this is a great year, uh, time you'd be over there talking sports with mm-hmm. the Bears. Uh, we're going to get to Dane Mazzatani. A fascinating decision I think the Vikings have. On two fronts. Because J.J. Uh, wants... Justin Jefferson wants his quarterback to be Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. Now... Um, you want to keep him happy, but I'm not so sure that, I mean, you have to draw a line in the sense at some point, um, management has to lay the law down, right? They, they have to ultimately, um, you know, I guess explain their decision. Why? But what are they going to do? This is a guy coming off an AC, an, an, uh, an ACL. He's 36 years. Oh, you're right. Achilles, a bigger part Achilles. Um, Coming off an Achilles, 36 years of age, was playing his best football, I thought, of his career. I really did. Mm -hmm. I thought he was having a phenomenal year, and it's my belief that the Vikings would have been a playoff team um, had uh, Kirk Cousins been able to uh, go the distance. But what are they going to do there? Jefferson, do you want to throw all this money at him? He wants guaranteed money. Right. And I'm not sure. Uh, whether the Vikings want to do that. I mean, they did it with Kirk Cousins, but looking forward to catching up with Mizutani. Boy, two of our local teams here are <laughs> going to make a major, major uh, dent in some of these off-season uh, as, we get, as we inch our way to the end of April in the draft. One uh, more topic I wanted to tackle with you before we bring in Mike Palm from Circa, and that is the bracket creep that's already happening from 12 to 14, as we haven't even got 12. It's a two-year deal. With the playoff, you mean, in college football. Yeah, yeah. what's going on here? And help me out with the math. So if you go to 14... Which we have in the NFL. So there would be two buys. Two buys. Two buys. Mm -hmm. A buy for the SEC, a buy for the Big Ten. So that's what it would be. Well, I would have to assume, because what we continue to hear is that the Big Ten and the SEC, with their alliance, Uh they're flexing their muscle. So if if there's an unbeaten Clemson... Yep. Clemson's unbeaten. Enjoy playing the 14 seed. They're going to play the 14. But I, they'll play them at home. I, I don't, there's been no reporting of this, but so I'm connecting dots here. So you think that, um, let's say Clemson's number one overall, mm-hmm. and the SEC champ and the Big Ten champ both have one loss. You think that the two and the three would get the bot. Oh, I would upset. No, no, you can't do that. You I don't think you can you either. Can't do that. But that's what I believe. What the Big Ten and the SEC are doing—they're talking about having a guaranteed number of bids yeah, for each of their conferences, three, maybe even four bids to the. Do conference. they have that much power, influence in this? Yes. Look at the brands. because ultimately they have the Trump card. Yes, we'll just break off. Yeah, we'll go away. We'll do our. You own guys thing. have your little mm-hmm. playoff here, and the financial aspect is something. When this started three years ago with Bullsby uh-huh. and well, we had Sankey that was a part of it, Swarbrick in Notre Dame, and Craig Thompson from the Mountain West. Yep. Well, two of those guys are retired now. Yeah, <laughs> Sankey still obviously holds the power. And oh, by the way, Jack Swarbrick is getting ready to retire himself. Mm, yeah, he is. He's out. The, it's coming up. It took three years to get to the point where we're going to have a 12-team playoff. And mm-hmm. at the time, we had five power conferences. Now we have four. You had... Conferences that were maybe a lot more even than they are now with the expansion and what the Big Ten has done and what the mm-hmm. SEC has done, that power has shifted. And because of that, the financials, it was pretty yeah. close to even. What about That's us? not going to be the case. No, it's not. It's not even going to be close. No. But what about us as fans? Do we have any influence on this? I mean, I'm not cutting off my nose to spite my face, and I'm not going to say I'm not going to watch college football. <laughs> of course I am. Right. 
Um, do we have a voice? No. No? No. It's TV contracts. That's ultimately what this so all comes So Clemson is unbeaten. I Again, I there's no reporting on this. This, this is just me. Spitballing. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because can't you see that? You win the two. I don't want to see that. Major conferences. Yeah. You get an automatic buy that comes along with it. Uh-huh. You are the top team out of the Big Ten. That means a buy. That's the same for the SEC. I could see them trying to wield that kind of power to make that happen. Right off the bat, they right wield off. that power? Well, why are you going to 14? You're well, getting money. The, but we've seen the numbers for that first round yeah. are not very high. No, true. But now I thought the reason they were going to 14 is back to your point of having that guarantee, you know, there'd be one extra Big Ten SEC team. Sure. Not necessarily at the upper echelon mm-hmm. of the of, of the college football playoffs, those teams expecting a buy. I thought, you know, they'd just fall in somewhere from, you know, 5 to 14 in that range. And I continue to maintain the Champions Weekend that the Big Ten did in 2020. That is something that needs to happen going forward. You have a Big Ten championship game. What does that do to the Bulls? I don't care. Get rid of them. Well, the ESPN cares because they got a whole bunch of money invested. I'm talking about the final week of the of the season of the regular. Oh, so Thanksgiving weekend? No, no. Well, championship championship weekend. Yeah. So it's not just champions, right? It's everybody's. Can you imagine nine and three Iowa versus nine and three Penn State? The winner likely gets into the top fourteen and gets a bid. You set that thing up. How much better that would be? You don't want to, you don't want to cross-pollinate Big Ten SEC? You don't well, want to that play? wouldn't work. I, I don't think that would happen. I I think the likelihood is you... Because then who gets those TV games? That's ESPN versus Fox. Mm-hmm. So this would be a conference thing. Okay. I think they had it right that year. I thought it was a brilliant idea, mm-hmm. and I think it's something going would forward. Would love to see an Iowa participate. Yeah. Well, and they would have throttled Michigan that day, and Jim Harbaugh might not be the coach if that would have played out. How crazy is that, yeah, looking back well, in hindsight? I mean, you talk about those sliding doors moments. You're right. That's one of that's them. That's a huge one right there. Because Oof. they Ohio State would have beat them by 50. Iowa would have probably beat them by 30. Michigan was dead. That was a dead program was. at that time. They were trying to run them out of town. And Harbaugh would not have yeah. survived, yet here we are. Yeah, indeed. All right, Mike Palm coming out. Interesting trend. I want to readdress this. I want some time to think about this one. On the surface, it's us, the fans. I, I, the, the outcry. If you... Take, and we'll use the Big 12. Let's, I don't know, maybe it's Utah um, runs the table and are unbeaten and are voted as the number one team. And you're going to take, we'll see. We'll see. I hope it doesn't get to that point, but who knows where it is going seemingly changes by the day. All right, Mike Palm coming up in uh, just a minute. We'll get Mike Palm in here, the Vice President of Operations at Circus Sports. We'll head to the Twin Cities. Looking forward to catching up with Dane Muzitani. Jefferson uh, decision is uh, certainly interesting. What are they going to do to the quarterback? Are they going to draft one? Paul Allen, our buddy PA, uh, said that he's got some intel that he believes that the J.J. McCarthy, uh, Sean Payton marriage is going to happen. We shall see, uh, because no one's telling the truth at this time of year. Let's get our buddy Mike Palm in here off to Vegas. We shall go. VP of Operations at Circus Sports. How are you, Mike Palm? Good, guys. How are you? Doing well, doing well. So what's Vegas like the week after the Super Bowl? <laughs> kind of uh, everybody catching your breath, or is it, does it remain busy? Yeah, a little bit. Uh kind of getting geared up now as the basketball comes into focus. Uh, 
And we're having a lot of trouble hearing you, Mike. We're going to put you on hold for a second and try and reconnect because his uh, cell is not working at all. Um, we'll uh, try and get that back. Yeah, I want uh, obviously uh, love our conversation uh, with Mike, and we'll cover a lot of ground with him basketball wise. Who is the best team in college basketball after we saw Utah, uh, UConn get beat? We saw Purdue get beat. Um, is the is is Houston about to take over that mantle uh, as college basketball's air quote best team at this point of the year? They certainly look the part, and uh, we shall see going forward. Uh, we'll get Mike Palm back in here. And catch up with him on uh, on some of the basketball information. Baseball numbers are out. What are they seeing? If anything, has there been some early movement uh, regarding a team that uh, some have identified as? I know he's in on that. Let's get back to him. Mike, we had a really bad sell spot for you. Uh, appreciate you coming back on. So you said that uh, kind of uh, uh, slowed down a little bit, but uh, after the Super Bowl, as was expected. Well, yeah, but then we get the, the holiday the next weekend, so it was pretty strong because of President's Day Monday. So we had we had a nice crowd here over the weekend, and it's just kind of transitioning. Um, to March Madsman, yeah. Yeah, especially with the NBA on break because of the All-Star game. You know, the focus has really been college basketball and some hockey here without the NBA coming back tonight. So it's nice. It's a little bit of a calm, but, you know, it's, it, Less than two weeks, we're going to have conference tournaments starting in Vegas, so there's not much rest for the weekend. No, for sure. You get the West Coast, the Big West, the WCC, the Mountain West, the Pac-12. It's uh, well, the last go-around for the Pac-12 out there. Mike, uh, NASCAR. Ken and I are not NASCAR guys. Uh, rarely gets brought up, but it was Daytona. What kind of business do you do for Daytona, and then just in general for NASCAR? Uh, well, you know, when the race comes to Vegas, we do real good handle okay. on it. Uh, Indianapolis 500 and Daytona are two biggest race days of the year. Um, we did we, we posted like the trials, uh, matchups and stuff like that. It was it was decent handle, but you know, uh, all of it together is is not uh, you know a 12:30 uh top 25 college football game no absolutely i uh, i think that uh, benson said it kind of uh compares to a an average college football game uh daytona so um yeah. th- that that probably is pretty accurate description hey i want to switch to college basketball we saw uconn get blown out on uh, on president's day we saw uh purdue get knocked off by an ohio state team who was having a terrible year who's college basketball's best team mike well, I still think it's UConn, um, I believe. We just put a prop up, um, UConn-Purdue versus the field. So you get either UConn and Purdue, or you get the field. UConn and Purdue plus 270, the field minus 330. I mean, for me, I'd draw a line through Purdue because 1980, Joe Barry Carroll, the last time they made a Final Four. Mm-hmm. I mean, how about all those teams Gene Cady had in the yeah. 80s and 90s? They couldn't get there, and then... Matt Painter has been pick which uh, double-digit seed's going to knock you out each year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So I kind of draw a line. I mean, you could you could bet the field minus three thirty and take just UConn and get close to six to one or five fifty. That's drawing a line through Purdue. Of course, if they win, they'd knock you out of both bets. Have you guys thought about adding Houston to the mix and then making that a little bit closer to even money if you throw another team in there, or even maybe even two more teams, throw Arizona something like that? Any uh, thoughts about adding another team to that kind of prop? I, you know, we discussed putting the top four. So to your point, uh-huh. Arizona, Houston, but we thought that then those four probably are favored, slightly favored against the field. It would have been interesting. I'd rather see UConn and Houston, just yeah. not Purdue. Mm-hmm. 
Because you can almost pencil Houston into the Elite Eight every year now. Mm -hmm. Are they going to get up against a good shooting team and you're going to have their eight-minute no-field goal drought at some point in the game and it's going to cost them? But I I watched the entire 60 minutes from Fertitta there Monday night against Iowa State. I feel lucky take nine and a half. I think I was probably on the wrong side of that. I know they're very tough in that building, but they're they're so athletic. Iowa State actually out-rebounded, but way too many turnovers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think Houston might be a little better this year than the past versions we've seen the last three or four. The Fertitta, that's the Vegas Fertitas, right? Don't they own stations? Correct. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, Mike Palm, Vice President of Operations at uh, Circus Sports, is with us. Mike, uh, you guys have put out your your win totals uh, for Major League Baseball. Have you started to look ahead? I know you like to, you know, identify a Cy Young ga- uh, guy that you're gonna, or, or a couple of them. Have you started to dig into baseball? If so, where are you leaning early in the process? You know, I didn't because I think there's still too much movement. I don't. I don't think these teams are settled at all. Um, and so I don't want to spend a whole lot of time, and then teams are going to change. So I'm, I'm, I've done a very top level look at it. Kind of, I like the Cubs a little bit over over the win total. Uh, I don't think the Dodgers are winning 104 games, so I'll probably try to find somebody in the West uh, to go over because I think they'll go under. Just to, just to correct, it's Tillman Fertitta that owns the Golden Nuggets. Um, not the, not Frank Fertitta and his family that own stations. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, wasn't aware of that. Mike, yeah. uh, we bring up from time to time college wrestling, and you guys, one of the few people out there that offer it, and it's been uh, something that has been fun. I know for uh, you, the person that you have doing that, college baseball, uh, where that is, uh, the most anticipated Iowa baseball season, ranked in the top 25 by anybody. Uh, do you guys see much volume of that? Of course, there's a story last year with Alabama uh, before their game and what happened there, but... College baseball, handle-wise, not just in the state of Iowa, but overall, is that something that's growing? Oh, absolutely. Uh, on the male sports side, maybe as much as any. Wow. Um, hmm. And, you know, you get, of course, all these Friday night matchups with the number ones mm-hmm. in, the, in these things booked now. I know there's been a lot of talk about should we put futures up to win the College World Series. Uh, we haven't yet. I know Jeff Benson leans on waiting to get closer to tournament time. Um, I'd like to see us get them up pretty soon because I think the interest in the sports keeps growing. There's a lot of podcasts now out there that just focus on college baseball. Five years ago, you probably would have a hard time finding one. So it's definitely growing in interest from a betting perspective. Uh, very interesting. We'll, we'll, we will watch for that. All right. Um, the NFL, we know the Super Bowl's over, but the futures are up. Is is there a team that's getting – you're not getting inundated with bets, but is there one that's taken maybe more than the others that surprised you so far early action-wise, futures on the NFL Super Bowl's uh, next year Super Bowl? No, not really. Uh seen some Detroit bets, but I don't disagree with that. I, I, I you know, at 12-1, to 1, I'd probably like them better than – Five to one or six to one on the Chiefs, their Niners. I think it's going to be tough for Baltimore to run it back. I do too. Uh, they're going to lose pieces off the defense. They can't pay everybody. Plus, they lost their coordinator to Seattle as the head coach. I, I think it's real tough for them out of the out of those final four teams. If you want to say, mm-hmm. you know, on Championship Sunday, I think Detroit's in a good spot. I'm with you. I, I'm right there with you. What about the Packers? Are you seeing anything there? Made the run, almost got San Francisco, obviously, in that divisional run game. There are uh, yeah. people loading up on the Packers. Um, there's been a few bets. I know we didn't have MVP market stuff yet, but I know other places do. And from bookmakers I've talked to, Jordan loves getting some some love in the MVP market. Hmm. Well, you know, 
you could have argued that the last nine weeks of the year, he, he had the highest passer rating. He might have, you know, if you just did it on the back half of the season, he might have won MVP. Who's the best team in the NHL? That, that's a tough question. I'm going to say Colorado. Do you think so? I still think McKinnon's the best player in the game. Um, what will they get out of Georgiev? My Kings ticket is starting to look a little better. I left it for dead. Me too. <laughs> they fired McClellan. Here they come now. They're playing better again. It's going to be really interesting in the Atlantic, the race for the division, Boston mm-hmm. or Florida. Um, you know, Boston stubbed their toe, and Florida made up all the ground. Don't don't look now, but the Rangers are playing really well. I can't believe they're a dog at Jersey tonight. Um, I, I played the Rangers tonight, so it's interesting. Though I think the I think the Central Division, Winnipeg, your Winnipeg, Kenny, yeah. Dallas. And Colorado will, will one of those teams will come out of the West. I think more so than the Pacific. So we're going to have Weir. I mean, the ticket that I have, uh, me Weir. In this case, my Weir is Canada. Uh, <laughs> three, three, the t- three Canadian teams are going to make the make the playoffs anyways in the West. In uh, in Edmonton, Winnipeg, and Vancouver. In the East will be Toronto. You guys had that prop up with will a Canadian team and still may well be up yeah. uh, win win yeah. the Stanley Cup this year. Mike, I'm starting to like it a little bit better. I really am. I didn't check, but you know, it started at like plus two eighty, and then it got up to three twenty. How much was it? I got plus three twenty. What what did it get up to? Up to five fifty. Did it? <laughs> Jesus! And then after the Edmonton run, it went back down south of three dollars again. Yeah, so it, it, it's volatilely moved. Now the, the Leafs are in Vegas tonight. Um, Matthews, I mean, the fastest to 50. It was great having all his family and friends in Phoenix last night. I like the Leafs tonight here mm-hmm. uh, against the Golden Knights at T-Mobile. Vancouver's probably going to be the one seed. Yeah. I know they've lost three in a row. That game was kind of a fluke with the Smith on Monday in, in Minneapolis. 10-7, yeah. Dem- Demko still has a shot at the best. And I know Halibut's minus $2, but don't count Demko out if Vancouver ends up with the best record. Um, so yeah, and Calgary's only three spots out of the wild card. My my concern, if you want to bet a Calgary ticket, which I did at a hundred, <coughs> excuse me, one hundred fifty to one two and a half weeks ago, is trade deadline. Do they trade Markstrom before the yeah, deadline? Yeah. Uh, looking at the number right now, up on the Circus Sports Iowa app, USA minus two sixty five, Canada plus two twenty five. Uh, wow. That's the low for the whole year. I think it is, yeah. Dropping is. down. Yeah. Uh, all right, I got another niche sport for you. So Now, don't be putting hockey in the niche sports. Okay. I mean, this is a niche, too. <laughs> this is uh, soccer. All right, Lionel Messi's in the MLS. He is a star. He is the best player in the world. he got all these things. I know that there's plenty of degenerates that love to bet Champions League and things. It's on in the morning. you got something to do, and let's fire away and at least do something on a Saturday morning. Has this done anything at all for betting handle for the MLS having Messi there? Yeah, we just we just had a call yesterday about we got to buy the MLS package because of Messi. Really? And oh yeah, and Messi will lead other Europeans to come to MLS. Uh, it, watching the next three or four years, some of these older guys will get paid big money. I mean, Miami went from the worst team in the league to like the third choice. Uh, it, it's really amazing, and the people who come to the book that want to watch him, especially those of Spanish descent, which we have a lot mm-hmm. in the southwestern United mm-hmm. States, uh, it's moved the needle a ton. 
And, and you don't have to wait for Saturdays. I mean, I've got a couple Europa and Europa conference plays this morning. Uh, last thing for me, Mike Palm, a week from today, I don't know how many people are going to take advantage of the promotion uh, at uh, at the Golden Gate, at the D, and at Circa, but if it's your birthday on, on Leap Day, you drink for free at your three properties. Who came up with that one, and how many people do you think will be bellied up to the bar? That's Derek. Well, remember, it's like one in every sure. 1,450 people, so... Uh, bring you better bring proof. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah. Here, bring your certificate uh, uh, or your or your uh, passport or driver's license. Um, so we should have a little bit of, of fun with that. Did you guys get your tickets to the women's tournament in Minneapolis for the big sold game? out? You know, man, huh? sold Unreal. out. Unreal. And speaking of that, right now Iowa favored by four and a half tonight in Bloomington against the 16th ranked Hoosiers. Uh, also money line on that game. Hawkeyes minus one ninety. Plus 165 for Indiana. If you're looking to fire tonight, Circus Sports has it for Iowa Indiana. That's cool. You know what I've started to do, Mike? Um, uh, you know me, my love for futures, right? Whether it's in a, a Super Bowl or a World Series or whatever. I'm adding South Carolina to win the women's, uh, to cut down the nets uh, in women's college basketball to boost my price. Am I nuts? Well, why wouldn't you? I mean, they're the best It's a free team. square, right? They're the best team. Um it was a miracle, obviously, that they beat them. I mean, uh, they would have beaten LSU in the final, I believe. Don Staley has taken that team. You know, Pat Summit put Tennessee at the top for 15, 20 years, and then Gino took over for another 15. Don Staley is now going to go on a run for a decade or more in South Carolina. Yeah, I think you're right. Jack Collinsworth is out at your alma mater. Is the voice of your alma mater football-wise. Did you see that? I, what, I, I don't, what is Notre Dame doing agreeing to this playoff format? They're... You know, they could go undefeated and be yeah. ranked number one. be a fifth seed in, in this. I, I don't know what they're doing. They would be. Yeah, they would be. Yeah. I, um, I don't know if they're trying to be forced into a conference or what, but uh, they seem fine by it. They're not even blinking. They're good yeah. with it. At least they get another home game. I don't know what the, if that goes into their decision or not. And, of course, they don't play on championship weekend, so the, uh, they, they play the same amount of games, but don't disagree. Mike Palm, VP of Operations at Circus Sports. Uh, anything else, Mike, you'd like to touch on before we let you go? No, not at all. Just enjoy the weekend, guys, and nice to talk to you again. Good to talk to you. Thanks, talk Mike. to you next week. Thank you, bud. Mike Palm, VP of Operations at Circus Sports. You can download the app here in the state of Iowa. Fund your account, and you will get the best prices. So he doesn't think I'm nuts with my South Carolina theory. Well, where did you get that theory from? Was it you? Yes. Did you do it? Yes. I already got the Chiefs in two different ones with South, with Carolina. South Carolina. And one has UConn, yeah. one has Kansas, yeah. one has the Celtics. Oh, I don't have any NBA. I've yeah. got a bunch of college football. Yes, you learned this from me. Did I? Is that where I got it from? I thought it was my idea. Oh, now, now the aging process. This is one where you could actually <laughs> use the excuse out of this one. Uh, Miller and Condon, Dane Muzzatani's next. Off to the Twin Cities, we will go. What are the Vikings going to do? They've got a quarterback conundrum. They've got an unhappy wide receiver, maybe the best wide receiver in the game, who needs paid. Muzzatani on those questions next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Thanks to Mike Palm, VP of operations at Circus Sports. Let's get uh, to Dane Mazzatani. He covers the Vikings for the St. Paul Pioneer Press. We'll take a look-see at the uh, Twins. as They look like an overwhelming favorite uh, to win the American League Central Division. Dane joins us. Dan, uh, Dane Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming back. As always, good to speak with you, Dane. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm running out of 
things to do, so I need this NFL combine <laughs> to come up and get bored. Well, it'll be here before you know it. In fact, Sunday, right? Uh, when, are you, when are you headed to Indianapolis? I leave Monday early morning, late afternoon kind of thing. So I get in around midday Monday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Monday. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. They're both uh, two of our regional teams, what the Bears are going to do and what the Vikings are going to do, I think is going to pique a lot of interest. So let's start with the Vikings. And, you know, Justin Jefferson is yet to get paid. We talked about it with you through periodically throughout the regular season. He wants apparently Kirk Cousins to be his quarterback. But how's this all going to shake out? Um, Jefferson, is he going to remain a Viking? Are there teams that are calling uh, to see if he is available? What's the latest with Jefferson before we get to the QB? Yeah, I, mean, I think the thing with Justin Jefferson is like all of this is the, the, his team and him are playing it the right way. Like you want to play hardball if you want to get that contract, right? You don't want to just take the first offer on the table. Um, so I think that's why we're seeing these reports of is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? How much is it going to cost? At this point, I'd be shocked if Justin Jefferson was not a member of the Minnesota Vikings next season. Um, I think this was always going to take a little bit of time. Uh, I think in a perfect world, he would like Kirk Cousins to be his quarterback, but I don't also think that's like beholden on him signing a contract. Too. Um, I think he wants to be the highest paid receiver. He's made that very, very clear. Um, but at this point, I can't see the Vikings letting him go. And I think I've said this a couple times. He would really have to request a trade. It's not like he's a pending, unrestricted free agent who can go pick his choice of where to go. Mm-hmm. Um, he's playing out his fifth year next year, and then he's got two franchise tags ahead of him. Granted, you don't want to do that and use that with a, a star player because it'll make them mad, um, but he's three years away from really controlling his own destiny and controlling his own destination. So uh, it's going to happen at some point. I really, really believe that. Um, and I think a lot of this is people are just bored right now. There's nothing to talk about. So <laughs> yeah. Let's make up trades and scenarios and, and when whatnot. So uh, still in a holding pattern. It's, it's the negotiation process, how it goes at this time of the year. But again, would be pretty shocked if he was not a member of the Vikings next year. What has the Vikings GM Adolfo Mensa said about this and just in general? He's a newer GM. We don't have a ton of background to know how these negotiation, negotiations are going to go. What has he said on this front? Yeah, see, I, I touched back to last year at the Combine um, where he said, and I think, and I quote, I don't want to be the GM of the Vikings if Justin Jefferson isn't on the team. Mm-hmm. And that's what I keep circling back to. It's like, this guy does not want to let the best receiver in football go. Um, and I think uh, all of this money talk, and obviously it's a lot of money, so uh, there is going to be pushback on both sides. Um, and I think everything we've heard from Quasi's side is that it's been healthy discussions. It's been negotiations. Um, it doesn't mean take the first deal on the table for both either side. Um, but it, I don't think it's gotten to a point of contentiousness either. Um, at least from what we've heard from Quasi. So, uh, yeah, I, I think right now the way it's going, at least from his perspective is kind of how he was expecting it to go. Um, I also kind of want to make note of the fact that 
uh, the Vikings tried to get this done a, a year early, right? A lot of times, guys don't negotiate their their contract extension until they're entering their fifth year. The Vikings tried to do it a year early when Justin was entering fourth year. They didn't get it done last offseason. I think that's why a lot of the, the alarms have been sounded. Um, if, if they just waited like most people do for the late contract extension, and then we were hitting this point this year where Justin was looking for his extension and no conversations have been had until this point, uh, we wouldn't be, I think, up in arms as, as much as we are right now. So they tried to get it done early. They didn't. Um, but, again, I, I don't think it's going to change the fact that he's going to play for the Vikings next season. Is Kurt Cousins going to play for the Vikings next season? <laughs> <laughs> that is a be- much, much better question. I don't know. See, uh, with Kurt, the thing is, when his Achilles popped and he said, I would like to retire a Viking, I've always said that, uh, I think part of that was strategy because he didn't know how the Achilles was going to respond. He didn't know what his market was going to be in March. Uh, so you say, yeah, I want to be on the team that I've been on the last six years and just hope they give you a contract. Um, it would have been weird if he burned that bridge and said, ah, you know, I'm going to test my options when I have one functioning Achilles right now. But mm-hmm. you fast forward six months, he's the most coveted free agent on the market, except for maybe Chris Jones, from you know, the defensive tackle from Kansas City. Uh, Kirk's going to have a market. And... I think he wants to be here, um, but I think he wants to be here for the right price. I don't think he's going to take anything less than what he feels he deserves. Mm-hmm. He's proven that throughout his career. Um, I know people are talking hometown discount, maybe, but the hometown discount maybe is from $45 million annual to $40 million annual. So it's still a huge chunk of money. It's not like Kirk signing for... $20 million, and then you, you have a ton of cap flexibility. If Kirk's coming back, the Vikings have very little to no cap flexibility. Um, but the fact that he is going to have such a market, teams are going to be so interested in him, I wouldn't be shocked if he's playing somewhere else next year um, just because of the cost might at some point get too high for the Vikings to, to be able to stomach. What's plan B? If Cousins decides to depart, they can't come to an agreement What's next in the line for a team that sets up to have a pretty good chance next year? Yeah, that's that's the thing, and that's I think that's why the Vikings are probably going to think long and hard about bringing Cousins back, even if the cost is high. Uh, because what are the other options out there? There's Baker Mayfield. He's out there. He's going to get a lot of money too, mm-hmm. and maybe he just wants to stay with the Buccaneers because the vibes were so good last year with with him and that franchise. Um, then you start getting into these journeyman guys. You know, Gardner Minshew, Jacoby Brissett, Ryan Tannehill, 36 or 37 years old. Like the, the options outside of Kirk Cousins are certainly not sexy. Um, and then you look ahead to the draft. If, if the Vikings make a decision March 13th to 15th range when the agency opens and Kirk Cousins say he signs somewhere else, well, then you know heading into the draft, they're probably going to target a quarterback. Mm-hmm. So does that mean trading up from 11? Does that mean perhaps what some would say overdrafting at 11 for, for guys in that second wave of quarterback. Yeah. So it, it certainly opens the door for a lot more question marks and what ifs or what could happen if you don't re-sign Cousins at the beginning of free agency. Um, but what is the plan B? I don't even think the Vikings totally know that right now because it's so in flux. Um, but I, yeah, we'll see. Plan B would be more cap flexibility. I, I will say that. 
Yeah, it's going to be fascinating because at 11, where the Vikings are, if they don't take a QB, then there's Denver. They probably yep. need one. Then there's the Raiders. They probably need a quarterback. And you might have to overdraft one of them. So, Dane, are you of the belief, uh, as I am, that quarterbacks are ultimately uh, going to go one, two, three in this draft? It's going to be Williams and then either Daniels or Mays. And then, you know, then we get to that next group of quarterbacks and don't get past number three in the draft. I would be pretty surprised if if it was not one, two, three. Um, so we're on the same page there. It's just everything you've heard and every all the smoke is saying Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels. Um, Caleb Williams won, and like you said, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, you can swap them two or three. Um, I've seen them kind of interchangeable in that, that range. The only thing I think could change that is if the Bears decide we like Justin Fields. He doesn't follow them on Instagram, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if we're doing the internet sleuthing, um, if they decide we, we like Justin Fields, we want to go get him a, a big target and they, they draft Marvin Harrison Jr. Maybe they trade down to two, to two or three and that changes the way the quarterbacks are drafted. But yeah, I think if the Vikings want one of those top three quarterbacks, good luck because they would have to give up the farm and then some to get into that top three range, which is where I think those three are going to go. So certainly fascinating. Um, but, yeah, I think when late April rolls around, we'll probably see three straight quarterbacks at the top. Defensive line, both tackle and edge rusher, is that kind of the most likely scenario outside of these big questions that we had we're kind of looking at as we move towards the draft? Yeah, I, I think if if they don't go quarterback, um, you have to take an edge rusher or you have to take an interior defensive lineman. I, there are some cornerbacks there that, that you could kind Kid of from Alabama, them. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you could entertain that as well. Um, but I think the Vikings haven't taken an edge rusher in the first round in like 20 years. And the, and the way that you win in the NFL, obviously it's quarterback play. Um, but on the defensive side of the ball, the most impactful position is a really good edge rusher. And they've seen that with the new Hunter mm-hmm. yeah. over the past better part of a decade. Um, and who knows? The new Hunter might not be back. If you bring mm-hmm. back Kirk Cousins, that probably means the new Hunter is not coming back. So if, Say March fifteenth rolls around, the Vikings announce they've 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 come to a deal with Kirk Cousins. Then yeah, at eleven you better start looking at edge rusher because you probably let Daniel Hunter get away by bringing back the quarterback. So tons of tons of holes on defense. I know what Brian Flores did last year with that group was super great for and very impressive um, considering the talent deficiencies in certain areas of, of of the field. So I think. If 11 rolls around, if the quarterback situation is a little bit more stirred up, um, yeah, they will look impact position player on defense at 11. Uh, before we ask you a Twins question, just I mean, we're, we're in February, and this is way too early to ask this, but, you know, a power ranking in the North right now, would would you be Vikings be sitting third behind both the Packers and the Lions? Yeah, third for sure. And I think so, right? <laughs> maybe fourth, maybe depending fourth. how hot. How Chicago shakes out because that the, once Chicago, once the Chicago Bears trade for Montez Sweat, that defense was borderline yep, yep. Um and they're only going to get better. They have a ton of money to spend, and who knows what they do um, in the draft with all the capital that they have. But I, I would still probably spot the Vikings in ahead of the Bears right now. Um, but there's just so much unknown with the quarterback position um, and across the division. You know, Detroit's locked and loaded, ready to go. Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers, I mean, he's proven me wrong and I think a lot of people wrong that they look ready to kind of contend here in the near future with, with him at the helm. And 
then you kind of get into the muddy area with the Vikings and the Bears. Um, so I would, I would put the Vikings three still, but the, the gap is narrowing for sure. Finally, Dane, a little baseball as the Twins are getting ready. Spring training underway down in Fort Myers. They are the runaway favorite to win that crappy division. However, the momentum from finally winning a playoff game, then a playoff series a year ago, quickly dissipated as the poll ads without a TV deal said, oh, we're not going to spend any money here. Uh, how frustrated is the fan base up in Minnesota getting ready for a twin season? Yeah, I think they're pretty frustrated just because, like, even when you look at the current market, like, someone like Blake Snell is still there. So, like, if they wanted to just throw money at a guy, you could. Like, so it's just, yeah, I, I don't know how you can watch what happened last year at Target Field and the energy in that building um, after they snapped the unprecedented streak of, of, of losing and then not want to come back and say, like, let's really go for it this year. Um, I get it. It's kind of how the Twins have always operated. Mm-hmm. Um, but winning on the margins with pitching, it doesn't always work. And then the Twins have seen this happen, you know, with certain guys that they've, they've acquired, trying to, you know, repair a guy's career who is injury-prone, and then he ends up getting injured again. Like, <laughs> yeah. sometimes you just have to go spend the money. And, and I get it. It's not my money, so it's easy for me to say it. Um, but I think the fan base is, is feeling that bit of frustration. I think it's only lessened by the fact that the Twins are the best team in the AL Central on paper and, mm-hmm. frankly, the best team in the AL Central by, on paper by, by quite a wide margin. So I think the fans are going to be able to at least stomach that going into opening day. Hey, look at the offense. Look at this lineup. It's loaded. Um, Byron Buxton's back in center field. You hear all these exciting reports coming out of Fort Myers for spring training. Uh, but then that elephant in the room is still like, who's going to be the fourth starter? Who's going to be the fifth starter? Who's going to replace Sonny Gray? So uh, maybe there's a trade still coming down the chute. Maybe there is a late signing um, with the free agents still on the market. Um, but I think the fans are a little bit frustrated that, that the offseason didn't go as planned, at least in their eyes, especially when you see like the Dodgers spend literally a billion dollars on two players. Yeah, so, it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, we'll see. But yeah, like you said, they are the heavy favorites in the AL Central, regardless of what they did or did not do with their pitching staff. Good stuff. Uh, appreciate it as always. Dane Mazzatani, St. Paul Pioneer Press. Are you politicking to get to the drive? It's at the Sphere, right, this year in Vegas? Yeah, it, it is. I actually, I just was on a wild trip for for us, just out filling in Vegas, Arizona. Nice. Um, got on that road trip, and I I would love to cover the draft this year in the sphere. Last one in person for for the NHL too, before they all go remote. So. Absolutely. Um, so, did you get to Winnipeg on uh, on Tuesday? I did not. I did not. Those flights can't have everything. Expensive. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll trade that one in. Yeah, I don't blame you. Dane Mizzatan, that's my hometown. That's why I asked. St. Paul Pioneer <laughs> Press. Dane, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you down the road, buddy. Take care. No problem. Anytime. Yep. yep. Thank you, Dane Mizzatani, St. Paul Pioneer Press, as we check in uh, on the Twin Cities. Hi, right, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. A couple of minutes left in our first hour of the program. Hour number two, we'll talk to Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports on the Big 12. Uh, down the stretch, final couple of weeks there, and uh, then uh, David Eicholt on Iowa. You know, looking at uh, back to baseball for just a second, um, is Trevor Bauer going to get a job? I don't know. What what's what's preventing him from doing so? Well, the woman made it up. Yeah, he was not exactly the most cuddly figure. There's no question. There's no and doubt. 
How did he do in Japan? Was it Japan, Korea? I'm not sure if you know how committed he was. Right. But an opportunity to pitch in the big leagues, I, I thought he'd never pitch again. When the mm-hmm. story first broke and it looked absolutely damning, and then to come to find out, um, you know, months, years later, that uh, that she fabricated the entire story. <laughs> I mean, she, she did. Yeah. I I've read nothing. I've seen nothing. I mean, you'd think if there was a real chance. He's met with Manfred. He's had he's had to sit down with the commissioner. Said that went well. But why won't the team give him a chance? Yeah. Teams need. They, they, there's a bunch of good teams that think that they're a pitcher away from you know taking that next step. Not a great clubhouse guy coupled with Maybe. some baggage. Maybe. I think it's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Plus, women, women buy tickets. Yeah. But again, there's been plenty of guys. Uh huh. Closer for the Blue Jays, right? Well, I'm just. I'm, I mean. Yeah, there's one of thirty teams, but mm-hmm. uh, that I think could use him if if he's got anything left. And boy, it certainly and maybe looked... it's just as simple as that. People just believe that he doesn't. Yeah, could be, could be. But um, anyways, we shall see. Well, our number two, Dane Mazzatani. We appreciate his contribution. Going to be fascinating to watch the Bears and the Vikings. But we turn to our number two, and we'll start with Matt Postens on Heartland College Sports. Uh, the Big 12 will be up first, and then we'll get to the Hawks with David Eicholt. Miller and Condon, Trent's Plays of the Day, Circus Sports Sponsors, those end the hour. It's 106.3 KXNO.